What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Nimbus Cloud Podcast. I'm your host, Shy Guy, and joining me today is the one and only, the best player to never top, formerly known as the best player to never top, a.k.a. the mailman, a.k.a. the Shenjita hater himself, a.k.a. Frank Miller. Joining me here in the building. How are you doing today, brother? What's going on, man? I like this intensity, boy. I like this energy. (laughs) And What's I up, about your energy, bro. I've seen all the mailman rants. You know, it's nothing but energy and nothing but hype, and that's what makes it so entertaining. How you doing, man? Yeah. I'm doing fine, man. You know, gotta have the passion. Everything you talk about nowadays, man. So, yeah, I just, uh, I just let that shit fly, man. I just let that shit fly. <laughs> we'll definitely get into that, you know, because there's a lot to talk about with you. I mean, you're what a lot of people, me included, consider a rising star in this community. You know, you've definitely shown up recently as a real face in this community and represented really well. And we'll get into that, man. But I want to know more about you, Frank Miller. Besides being the poster man, besides being the man, the man. <laughs> tell, tell me about yourself, man. What do you like to do in your free time? What's Tell us about Frank Miller. Uh, so, uh, before I was a mailman, I was actually a veteran. I served in the Army for 10 years. Wow. And uh, I got out, got to hang around a little bit, and then uh, all of a sudden popped up on Facebook. I was like, hey, fuck it, let's do the mailman shit a little bit. Let's run that and see how that goes. Um, you know, but I'm married. I have a, I have a daughter, beautiful little girl. And um, as far as free time, all I really do is I uh, uh, hang out with them or I'm on my Xbox. I'm playing play Madden, Gears of War, Destiny 2, just, you know, random shit I play with my friends and all, man, and then if I'm not working or with my family, play video games, I'm playing Dragon Ball. You, we, you're you speaking my language right now, because you just named two of my favorite franchises in Madden and Gears. We need to run that. Oh, yeah. Point. Oh, yeah. Dude. I love me some fucking Gears, dude. Like, Ooh, I love I love that. That franchise is, is dear, dear in my heart, baby. Yeah, what, uh, what teams do you play in Madden? Um, I'm playing on the fan. I do like the fantasy football a lot. I like yeah. I like alternate. I love alternate teams. So my team is the Packers. Mm. But oddly enough, as much as I fucking love the Packers, I hate their uniform. Like I hate the color green <laughs> for some fucking reason. Like I just fucking hate it. Yeah. So, but uh, you know, I use, I usually roll with the Seahawks if I'm actually just playing one v one against somebody. But I'm mainly an ultimate team player. I do, I do love Ultimate Team. Uh, for those for those that don't know, Ultimate Team is basically kind of is basically a card game in a sports game. Where you yeah, gotta pretty collect, much. Where you gotta pretty collect much. different cards of different players. Got to level them up. Uh, what so like what challenges do you find in playing Ultimate Team? Oh, uh, because you it's, well, you know how it's playing Ultimate Team starting off. It's yeah. like you just, you scrap it for good players and everything. You scrap it for fucking coins, and then you know every once in a while they drop these promos on you, and then you just scratch it and claw it just to get these promos and everything like that. So, um, you know, I am a, uh, what do I put this? I'm kind of like a running gun, shotgun type of player, I guess yeah. you could say. And I love blitzing. So, um, main thing I look for is good DBs, good linebackers. I got to have a good quarterback. That's just point blank period. And I got to have a running back that's kind of like, they could run outside the line. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, not like if I run a sweep, or can just run out the flat and just catch a pass, you know, just get some rest because, you know, I don't, I'm not a, I, I can run it, but like, if I do run like that, it'd be like some draw play or some shit like that. Yeah. So I just mix, it depends on how my good, my opponent's defense is really, so, but lately I have not been, I haven't like, been on Madden because I was really, really hard for this LCQ, so. Oh, yeah. But, but I'm going to get back into the flow of that soon enough. Yeah, I mean, it definitely paid off. Like I said, we'll get into it. Definitely right. paid off. Uh, but yeah, no, you're right. Especially with a game like Madden, it's like for whatever reason, running is always the hardest thing. DPs are like so important because yeah, all these yeah, they get burned. Crazy shit. They burn. They don't. You just see it was a burn so damn fast from Madden, <laughs> pissing me off, man. Yeah. So how long have you been in the post office? Uh, about a year and a half now, actually. About a year oh, and a half. New blood, basically, huh? Yeah, you get none of those seniority privileges. None, absolutely uh, none. I, no, I, I, I rank some of the other CCAs, but other than that, it fucking sucks. It fucking sucks so bad. Yeah, trust me, I know. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know, my mom worked for post office for 30 years, so it's like, uh, I, I get, I understand completely. Oh, man. 
So, uh, how long have you been playing card games? Was Dragon Ball your first one, or was it... No, nah, so before I played Dragon Ball, I was really, really, really fucking big in Yu-Gi-Oh! Like, yeah. that was, like, my thing. I started playing that, um, let's see... I'm gonna say 2001, I wanna say. I'm going mm. to shit. <laughs> but I was still, like, in, uh, I was in uh, high school. Actually, I like. I tell you what, the first card game I collected was the original 151 Pokemon. Yeah. Um, that was my game. I, once it got past 151, I was like, all right, let me keep it up with all this shit. And then <laughs> I got into Yu-Gi-Oh! Because um, I used to watch the show, and <laughs> then I found out that it's an actual card game. And then, you know, uh, at this point, Yu-Gi-Oh! was in the Duelist Kingdom Finals, and they played Black Western Soldier. I'm like, that's my nigga right there. Like, I, <laughs> that's my nigga. And then I realized it's an actual TCG, and then I played for a good bit of years. Took a hiatus a little bit once I joined the military. Um, yeah. I served in Italy, so they didn't have. I didn't realize it was the you know didn't really have time for it. And then uh, got back. I got stationed down in Florida, and then uh, just picked it back up again. And then um, it was kind of rough starting off, but then eventually I started getting the regional tops. I came real close to the top of the cup. I was known as a bubble man in the YCS when it comes to YCS. Like, it was fucking ridiculous. Yeah. But, um, and then, um, I don't know. I've, but the thing is, like, I've always, always been a Dragon Ball fan. Like, Dragon Ball yeah. was just my show. And, you know, uh, I remember my friend Jordan Douglas told me about the show, uh, about the card game coming back. I think I just got back from a, a field rotation down to Fort Polk. And um, set one came, just came out. Mm. And... I just fell in love with that game, and then it was right when Yu-Gi-Oh started introducing links, mm. and I just it made me so mad because I spent so much money and time and effort getting the spiral stuff, and then they just destroyed spirals after one event, and I was like, I don't want to play this anymore. This just this just too much. Yeah, and I played Dragon Ball ever since. No, that, that yeah, man, I totally feel that, man. I felt that way with Yu-Gi-Oh too. Now, I also, you know, when I was a kid, I also collected the first original Pokemon. Do you remember what your mm. first Hollow was? My first Hollow was Blastoise Second Edition. Ooh. Never forget. Dang. Never forget. I was in Myrtle Beach. Uh, my parents let me get like three or four packs or something like that, and that's why I didn't know the difference between Second Edition and First Edition yeah. like that. And I pulled it, and I was so stoked because Blastoise. Besides Charizard, is one of my favorite Pokemon. Same. And I never get taken it to middle school the next day. Like, yo, I got this fucking Blastoise. Yada yada yada. And I didn't know this one kid. He was like a big, really big Pokemon collector, dude. And he wanted to trade so bad to me because he was just trying his best to get the original three. And I was like, fuck you, I'm keeping this card. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but that Blastoise second edition was my very first Pokemon pull. Nice. I think mine was a Vaporeon. I think I think it was first edition. I don't remember, but I know it was Vaporeon for sure. It's my guy. God, those cards used to be so beautiful back in the day. Like, I, I fucking loved it. But that's another thing. That's another thing too that drew me to Dragon Ball. Aside from just like you love the IP, the mm -hmm. artwork in yeah. this game is phenomenal. And just the fact that you know with Yu-Gi-Oh, they kind of like make it up on the fly. I guess you can mm -hmm. say like they they make the new card. But when I see a Dragon Ball card. I can look at Dragon Ball. I watched so much because it used to come on Sundays at Fox, and then all that's how. And then it used to come on Tsunami. Like I was way back to it, and then it's just crazy. As soon as I see a Dragon Ball card, I don't have to worry about him. Have I ever seen this card or mm. know what this is? I know immediately who this character is, what yeah. art he's from, and everything. It's like it's just awesome, and I fucking love it. Yeah, it's that. It's that real connection that's really great. I mean, that, to have. It's, it's one thing because, you know, like you mentioned, there was a card game before. But like, uh -huh. the IP sells itself, but I feel like what made Super, like, really first is just the mechanics. Like, it actually yeah, is yeah. a good card game, which is why it's yeah. so great. And I, I know about, like, Panini, Panani, whatever it's called. Yeah. And I just, like, I was looking at that shit, and I was like, dude, I don't, I don't, what the hell is this, man? <laughs> yeah. power levels, and this red card, and rage. I'm like, this... It seemed like it's more complicated. Probably wasn't, but it looked more complicated than what it should have been. Yeah. And Dragon Ball is pretty. It's um to learn it, it's easy, but to be good at it, yeah. like it's like I you like the thing about Dragon Ball is like the decision making. Every time I first started, I was like, I'm gonna charge this card, 
not knowing that three or four turns later, I wish I had that card in that charge. So the decision making tree definitely made so much more thought provoking for me. So I, I fucking love that aspect. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I agree with you, man. It's just like it's so interesting how I mean this is with any card game, but I feel like especially with Dragon Ball, is like so mm-hmm. many people could play the same deck and. You know, like you said, when you first started playing Shenron Gogeta, it's, like, uh, it's, you don't, you know it's going to be a hot-button topic here. Yeah. <laughs> is that, you You know, like, you even said it yourself, is like, you don't know how these people pilot this deck, because this deck breaks right. so hard. But then you you play tested, like you said, you grind it hard, and you started to understand it, and made yeah. it your own, which is awesome. And, um, yeah, so, like, uh, kind of leads to my next question. So, who was your first leader that you played with? Firstly, it was Soul Striker, actually. Because, mm. um, you know, I think everybody's vocals probably was the same way. When Dragon Ball was first introduced, uh, we were kind of like all in that phase where Yugi was getting like a little bit ridiculous. So we had like a 20, 30-man locals playing Dragon Ball initially. And I looked at Soul Striker, and this, I'm still, I understood the game, but I didn't understand the game. Yeah. So I played Soul Striker because I was like, this this might be all right here, you know, untap tube and everything like that. And I used to play all the little starter deck cards of uh, was Prince of Speed Vegeta yeah. and all that. Shit. And I was like, yeah, this is just really good. And then um, I got my shit pushed in really hard by uh, uh, Vegeta. Mm. Jesus Christ, that crit yeah. was like not before they changed the ruling on crit. And man, he, he was Vegeta was pretty nasty back then in set one. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah, um, that's pretty much yeah Soul Striker man Soul Striker that's my boy today to the end of the day so would you say he's your favorite leader of all time huh favorite leader of all time actually my favorite leader is Vegeta cause mm-hmm. my, I'm a Vegeta person through and through yeah like best dad best fighter <laughs> I just, my, I'm just a Vegeta person I, I fucking actually hate Goku with a passion <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah, same. Uh, it's like, dude, come on, you get it. He doesn't really do any fucking thing. He always needs fucking help with something. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I, I just want a Vegeta secret. That's like, just, exactly. just Vegeta. Just Vegeta. Yeah, like, come on. Like, it's we're here getting ready to go to set eight, and we still don't have a Vegeta secret. Like, the best Vegeta card we have literally is at all cost Vegeta. Like, yeah. come on. Give us something. And even yeah. now with all the counterplays, it gets cut by everything. So it's, yeah. it's like, so who so who would you say is like? Um, do you have a favorite Vegeta leader or just in general? Just in general, like I think of Vegeta leader. Unfortunately, uh, we just we got some shitty Vegeta leaders right now. God, yeah. but that set one Vegeta will always. I I I think that's OG Vegeta, as I call it. Like. Yeah. Every once in a while, I just like you know look at it. Whenever I, if I ever when I'm decided to play a deck, whether it be for fun, well mainly for fun, I look and that's like the first thing I look at is Vegeta, and I'm like, is there a way that I can play this leader and make it viable? And um, you know, right now, yeah, the way everything goes, drawing two cards on Awakening versus untapping two, kind of like, isn't that good? You know, so I kind of wish, like, if he was just, like, a draw one, untap one there, oh, man, I'd be fucking running him every chance I get. Yeah. Yeah, I missed, uh, oh, I miss Ultimate Box Vegeta. That was my favorite leader, especially when Energy Lock was a real thing mm-hmm. before they oh, yeah. changed the rulings. Oh, I love that. I love how that card looked. Like, that, yeah. just, that card fucking looked awesome. I'm like, this is the badassery we need from Vegeta right here, man. Yeah, so, and then when yeah. they made it the mat, oof. Yeah, yo, that, I'll never forget, they made it a mat, um, I think it was for the bounties, like, you could play for the mat or some shit like that, an ARG and everything, and I saw that mat, and I was like, oh my god, uh, cause my friend Trey has that mat, and fucking, he won't give it up, but, I'm just gonna have to fucking take it from him at some point when I the see it. The white and blue one? Yeah, yeah, it's the all white one, it's got him kind of like, Yeah, what he's like, like, the power fist, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> just so you know, Frank, I have an extra. For real, we'll talk after. We'll talk after. after. We'll talk after. Because I definitely want that fucking map. Like, seriously. No, say less. <laughs> so, you know, you mentioned earlier, you know, you have a wife and kid. Is it difficult for you to balance work, uh, family, relationships, and the card game? Like, do you ever find any difficulty in that? Oh, yeah. Most definitely, man. Especially uh, <laughs> this week leading up to the LCQs. Kind of like, because, you know... Um, 
And this is why I think it's better for single players. Uh, like, if you notice, like, all the top players are single guys. When I mean single, meaning not married. Yeah. And um, it's because you have um, time dedicated to the game. Like, you can come home and just not worry about really much responsibilities, like, you know, check, make sure everything's good with your wife, make sure everything's good with your kids and everything like that. Yeah. And, um... It, it has sometimes been rough, I will say that much, because, like, especially when, um, you know, I'm a very competitive person by nature. My wife knows that. And when I put my mind to something, like, if I put, if I set my mind to something or I put forth, if I put energy towards it, then I want to be the best I can possibly be at whatever it is I'm doing. So, uh, me playing Dragon Ball, I have a mindset that I want to be the best that I can ever be. So, I put forth a good bit of energy and same thing when I decide to get my Madden mode because you know with Madden you just get in the mood sometimes like yeah I got I just feel like it so and um but after a while like being at the post office definitely takes the majority of my time like 80% of my days at the post office but then when I get home um I'll check conditions to make sure everything's good in the house or I do everything I can the day before and um I let my when my friends I hit them up tell them to come over we're good to go for a couple hours. Let's play test, but then I know on the flip back, I gotta make sure my responsibilities, my chores, as you can say, yeah. you're done prior to me. Like keep doing that. So that's the. It's just you know, I say pick your battles. Yeah. That's key. <laughs> um, and the good thing about it, it's like uh, yeah, just pick your battles. That's all I can really. Best yeah. advice I can give somebody. It never. I made the mistake before, but I'll never make it again. Never make sure that your family is always priority over everything. Like, yeah, you want to be the best you can be, and but you got to make sure they're good before you can. Otherwise, that just throws you off the entire time. Like, yeah. you can't really focus on what you need to focus on if you're not, if they're not good first and they're okay. And that's pretty much what happened this past week. So. Yeah. No, I, f- I definitely feel you there, man. I'm I'm engaged myself, and I find it like thank you, man. Appreciate that. Like uh, it's it's definitely difficult finding that balance. And you're right. Like everything you said was like right on the nose. It's like you just got to pick your battles. You got to make sure everything's right. Completely yep. agree. Now uh, I wanted to ask you too. So like you mentioned earlier, you know you become a real face in this community. Mm-hmm. How did the how did the mailman rants come about? Um. You know, so beforehand, I would, I would post like the most random new shit, whatever. I would, like I would post and just say how I felt on the post. I didn't give a damn if people <laughs> cared, liked it, or anything. Yeah. And one of the big things I always post about was like how stupid no fucking car go to seven was. It is still fucking stupid. It's still fucking ignorant. Like I'm still going to split. Like I have a rent due tomorrow, and I'm still going to say the same shit. That that fucking car should not have been made. It's fucking ridiculous. I fucking hate that car. I played it, but I fucking hate it. And um, I talked too much shit about it. And then one day I went to a prelim. And it was the day after I won a prelim with a pen. And I just said, you know what? Like, my friend told me, all you got to do is go to get to five energy in this play when you're winning the game. Because I knew how the deck worked. I just never played the deck. I, now I just refused to. And I went to locals and I realized that is not all that you fucking do with that deck. You just, sometimes you gotta find another way to fucking, you gotta find another way to win. And, uh, yeah, it didn't turn out well for me at all. And my friends made a post about, t- I didn't even know where the fuck this picture came from, but they took a picture of me and I was playing against Trey. And I was beating the shit out of Trey, but I didn't know the picture was good. And next thing I know, I'll pop on Facebook and I got people just, just, just dragging my ass through the mud. And I'm, like, I'm like, oh shit. And so the next day I was at work and I've always been hesitant to go live, especially with a group like 16,000 players in there because you never know what. But then I thought about it. I'm like, I, just, I don't give a shit what they got to say or do. Or do I, I don't really care. So I just said, fuck it. I went live in uniform and I mainly did it because one, I wanted to show people that uh, you shouldn't be scared to say how you feel about certain things. And I know people say a lot of different shit. You know, they talk, they roast you, they just talk shit about you. But who cares? Like, half of them are keyboard warriors anyway. And then, um, 
two, that I'm a regular, that we're regular people, that we have lives outside of this game. And, you know, the game is, we love the game, but it doesn't determine your value as a person, as an individual. And that you shouldn't be afraid to say what you want to say. Even though that was my intention, it just turned out to me defending myself about why I was playing Gogeta. <laughs> and, um, and from there, it just took off. Like, I didn't, I got, like, very, a lot of positive responses. Like, yeah, you're fucking right. Fuck that part. Yada, yada, yada. And then, uh, shit, next thing I know, I'm doing it once a week. And then, um, oddly enough, the one week, one week I went to Orlando and uh, next thing you know, Day Day called in, or Day Hunt. I was like, what the fuck does he want? He knows I'm in the middle of a rant. And I was like, you know what, Mike, let's just see what happens. He called in, and now that I realize, then it just ended up, okay, I just start bringing people in that are just like the other popular figureheads in the community. Like tomorrow, uh, he owes me this, so he's going to fucking do it. I'm going to have Peter Catani on there. Nice. And we're just, we're just going to fucking rant together, you know, and it's it just, you know, seeing people, seeing the top players, let them know, hey, they, some of these guys actually feel the same way you feel about it or anything like that, so, and um, now it's just a weekly thing, and I did not have no idea that it was going to be what it is now, man, like, I could not predict that shit, not at all. <laughs> but the coolest part to me is that, like, and you said it time and time again, is it's just because you love the game and you love the community and yeah. that to me really shows in your videos because like you said you just don't care you're just having fun yeah you're in front of a bunch of people and like you said the top players and everything it's it's pretty sick yeah and that's the thing like i've been told numerous times numerous times they have you should do this on youtube and you should do this on patreon and etc et first of all uh it it was never about you know uh, money or anything like that like I feel like if I have to rehearse it, then it kind of takes the uh, the realness of it. Like, yeah. like I kind of like because half the time I don't. Whatever I say, I may come up with the topics, but whatever I say as far as topics, I'm making that shit up on the fly. Like mm -hmm. I'm just, and especially someone says some shit in the comments when I'm looking at it. Oh, I just, you know, I just make the shit up. I just say what the hell I want to say at that point. It's kind of gotten me in trouble a couple of times, but. They know the admins and mods know how I am now, so there's yeah. not shit they can do to change how I'm gonna talk about something. So, but yeah, that's yeah, man. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. So you kind of, you kind of touched on my next question is so you basically just choose the topics on the fly, or do you go in kind of knowing what you want to talk about? <laughs> um, so what I so used to usually I um or I used to do is uh I kind of like made it up on the fly, but then I was like. Then I just might end up rambling and ranting, and you know I can go on and on and on. I can't keep talking about the same things over and over. Like so, the one thing I want to be consistent was now that I'm starting to do is one. I want to give if I've, throughout the since the last Melba video, I want to give shouts like my mm -hmm. friends who either talked or something happened positive in their life, like they got engaged or something like that. Like you know, I got to give a shout tomorrow to one of my friends who just got engaged about that. Nice. And then. Um, from there, I just look, so from the moment from the last video to the video I'm doing now, I usually just look back and see what the hot topics were for the past week and see if there's something like, I felt like, you know, I want to give my two cents in or something that people, somebody, like, I want to say it, but somebody, they just didn't want to say it, so I say, fuck it, I'll say it, because I know you want to say it, because, like, this was dumb as hell, you know it was dumb as hell. <laughs> or, but the one thing I want to make sure that each time I talk about, I go to rent, is, I want to first bash Gogeta 7 somewhere along in my dialogue. So somewhere along in the conversation, I got bashed that card. But I also want to talk about the meta because I don't, I'm not hating against people to do Patreon. I never say anything about it. But, you know, sometimes they just want to hear certain shit and just want to, just, you know, just want to hear from someone. Like, I, don't never, I never thought that was a good player like that. I thought it was decent at the best, but... Sometimes people just want to hear other people's opinions about certain things, especially about the meta. Yeah. Because we all have that fight where we just don't know what. Like, the great thing about Divas Meta, it changes almost every fucking event. Every yeah. fucking event. So it's hard to keep up with it. Like, we went from a SS3 red blue format to a storm format in less than a week one time. So, and um, I just like talking about, as long as I talk about the meta and then whatever else happens that week that I just look back 
it's mainly things that I commented on if I did, and I just found very intriguing. Yeah, yeah, I definitely don't miss that SS3 format. Oh, no, I don't think no one does. <laughs> oh, no one does. So you start out all your mailman rant videos with a song. Are those songs predetermined, or is it kind of like just how you feeling? Um, <laughs> you know the fucking crazy part. When I come up with the songs, I try to think of songs that I think everyone knows, so mm-hmm. I don't make someone feel left out. Because, like I said, not everybody listens to rap. Not everybody listens to country. So I try to go for like you know, just songs that I know. Everyone knows, like, everyone knows Michael Jackson, so shit, you know, I'm like, just yeah. singing Michael Jackson, so everybody knows I believe I can fly, I'm uh, pretty sure it's, it's been sung at some people's graduations in the fucking group, so <laughs> I literally, yes, you don't, you, you have no idea how long, hard, then I gotta make sure I at least know some of the words <laughs> before I fucking start singing it, so... But yes, I, it is predetermined beforehand, <laughs> and it is actually the hardest part of the fucking video, is coming up with a song that I know everyone would know, so no one feels like, I don't know what the fuck you're singing, but okay, here we go. <laughs> That's some real inclusiveness right there. But speaking <laughs> of inclusiveness, do people actually DM you, where's my mail? Is that a real <laughs> Yeah, man. Oh, man, look. <laughs> I'm telling people, and they thought I was bullshitting I get so many jokes, like, I don't care if I get tagged and mailed about, post about mail, or, you know, there's a joke, or something like that, but when I start getting DMs about, hey man, can you track this package for me, I'm like, uh, no bitch, there's UPS track, USPS tracking on your fucking phone, no fucking PM me about your fucking, like, dude, I'm going to do the exact same shit that you can do, no fucking PM me about it. Or they'll send me like, ha 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 ha, this is a mailman truck in the mail. I'm like, okay, fucking block. Don't fucking message me about that shit. I don't give a shit about that. Like, But if you tag me on a post or a thread or something, I'm all for it, you know? I'm all about the joke. I'm up keeping that persona. But don't be peeing to me because, like, uh, I, I, nobody's got time for that shit, right? So that's just ridiculous. Yeah, to literally take the time to message you, they could have done the same thing into the tracking <laughs> online. It's like, it doesn't exactly. make sense. Exactly. This is fucking ridiculous. Fucking ridiculous, man. <laughs> so, an- another question I want to ask you, too, because this, this honestly is the most entertaining to me. Tell me about the beef with the AKA infidels known as <laughs> Shenron's Lair. <laughs> so, in all seriousness, I actually have no beef with them. Oh, of course. <laughs> but I love fucking with them, and they love fucking with me. I have no idea why. I know about 90% of their team. And because uh, it all started last year. This is a funny-ass story. Last year, uh, we uh, we were in one beam. This is when I was with the wise guys. <laughs> and I, you know, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But, um. I was with the wise guys, and they got a room right next to ours. Mm-hmm. So, um, and to me, this is a little side story. That was probably one of the best experience because in that time frame, I had Jordan Marco came by the house before I even knew who Jordan was or anything. And I had Zach Flame in the house. I had Corbin in the room, Danny Wynn, uh, Thomas a uh, bunch of Alex Friedman, all these guys were all in my in the wise guys room, and then you got like Shinron's lid with uh, Pat O'Neill, Trey, uh, Matthew Coombs, all them guys, Amir, all of them was just next door. So anyway, so our toilet got clogged by a mysterious fucking individual. We had no idea who fucking clogged our toilet. And next thing you know. Uh, we go with, uh, with our friend over to Shinron Larry's room, and their toilet was clogged too. But we stole their fucking plunger so we could unclog our toilet first. <laughs> and they couldn't find their fucking plunger, and they started blaming us, even though we did steal their plunger. But that wasn't the fucking point. <laughs> they just immediately just start talk thinking that those fucking wise guys stole our plunger, and it, it was just it was just an ongoing joke for the the entire trip. Um, yeah, I actually, like I said, I don't have no beef with them, but they just, 
they just fucking they be tagging me and some shit sometimes. <laughs> like, get like stop fucking tagging me. Like anytime there's a male joke, they just fucking got tagged. So I'm like, okay, I I'm gonna handle these fuckers, you know. But <laughs> so I don't know where. And the reason the name Infidel came up, um, I was out in the mailing. I was out delivering mail, and I was listening to. Don't ask me why. I was watching <laughs> Jeff Dunham. Uh, mm. little pup, the little Venturis oh, guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Archman, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Archman is a good evening, infidels. And I was like, that's fucking it. That's what they are, a bunch of fucking infidels. <laughs> Every last one of them are infidels. So, and it's just been a running joke between me. It's just, it's literally just me versus Shinron's way. Every last one of them. But, in all honesty, all those guys are actually just legit awesome like I have yeah. talked to Marcus Joey Corbin is my son uh, Trey Jamal Pat um, there's a couple of them I don't know but majority of them I do know and they're just I just like fucking with them man and they just like fucking with me that's all that is man <laughs> nah, it's all no accuracy yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah, it's all in good fun I can tell yeah yeah it's a good time <laughs> every time I can take it's a just... shot at them I will and every time they can take a shot at me, they will take a shot at me too. So, ongoing wars. This is an ongoing war, man. Well, good for you for holding your own uh, against them. Just one versus yeah, one. man. <laughs> never give up. Never surrender. <laughs> uh, so, like, has the notoriety from all the mailman rants? Like, has it, how has it impacted you as like a player or a person going to these events? You know, the odd thing about it, and it, it probably shouldn't do, but it did. It felt like there's a little bit more pressure, if that makes mm. any sense. Yeah. And it's because, like, you being a figurehead, I'm known as a mailman, and, you know, I'm known as the guy that rants about Gogeta 7, but the competitive mindset of mine is that I want to be known as a good competitive player that rants and as a mailman and everything like that. So, um, you know, and it kind of forces me to be, take the time to actually do the work or put into the work to do to get better at this game. It's always a step process for me and everything like that. So, um, for me, I think, I think it actually helps me. And then, like I said, I didn't realize that I had as much support or people actually like the mailman rents as much. So, you know, when I get the positive feedback or everybody telling me, good job, go for it, you can do it, et cetera, et cetera, I was like, wow, this is great. You know, I got the support. And then, you know, I got the chance to meet, um, I knew a, a bunch of them before, but now I definitely know a lot more of the top players to help me out. I felt I feel more comfortable reaching out to these guys, asking for help, because, you know, me being, not being able to spend as much time in the game as some of these other guys can, they can help you, and I, it just and it just pays off. So, um, as far as the mail, being a mailman, I would say it definitely has been more positive in my in a competitive my competitive part of playing this game, so I don't regret any of it. Yeah, I mean, you can even tell now because you know, just uh, fourth wall break, recording this right after you qualified for Nats from the LCQ this past Sunday in Columbus. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like, like you just said, like that kind of, that helped you secure that top spot? Oh no, I definitely feel like because like I know. Uh, did you see the stream match by any chance? That was I did. Like. You don't even know. I, I, I played it off really good as I possibly did. I missed playing a couple of times. Like, just, <laughs> like, like, and it just so happened to work out better in my favor. Like, there was a point where I played Super Dragon Ball. I was getting to I played Super yeah. Dragon Ball, and I didn't actually get my last Dragon Ball before I did. And the reason that was is because, stupid reason, but it really fucked me up the whole day is that I have five foil Dragon Balls and one non-foil. So when I'm looking through my drop area, I'm looking for the foil Dragon Balls. And then I look through it, and I was like, oh, shit. I, I, uh, shit, I got to find this fucking common Dragon Ball real quick before I do anything crazy. Because I was about to wake it and just try to clear his fucking board. And then that kind of like, it just, but it still worked out. And then the, um, the World Peace play that ended game two, Mm. Uh, and all, honestly, looking back on it, I didn't think I played the world piece, and I figured he had bloodlust or anything like that. Yeah. And um, the thing is, I kind of just like 
just went through the motions. Like as soon as he said it was good, then I just went. I just said, "Fuck!" I, I, I just knew in my mind that I had the game at that point. So uh, yeah, it's um. Hmm. Well, think about it. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, right? I mean, with the pressures on, you know, it's you're you're right on the bubble potentially. It's hard. It's it's hard. Yeah. Like you're, yeah. you're like those stress situations. Like I remember, uh, I went to the San Diego event and I was doing real well. I know mm-hmm. I might I may not be an infidel, but I might be close because I was playing Genova. No, you're good. No, you're good. You're good. And and. And to be honest, like, I, I was sacking. Like, I was blowing mm-hmm. up your opponents. But for whatever reason, like, after round four, like, I just started getting nervous. And then it was so cold. And then my hands started cramping up. Right. And I was like, that's where I learned, which is a good tip for anyone going to Nats. Please bring yourself hand warmers because you just never know. It's it, just yeah, a good it, idea. Oh, that's exactly what I was going to It was fucking shit. Like, down here in Raleigh area, it's like 75, 80 degrees, some shit like that. Went up there, man, it's like fucking 48 degrees up there. And I'm like, fuck, it's cold out here right now. And, uh, you know, this is immediate. And then at this point, we already been driving because we left like 1 in the morning. Yeah. And like, dude, I was like, I wasn't ready for this fucking cold air. I forgot, you know, up north is cold. So, but yeah, yeah man, that's the, it's just the mindset, I guess you could say, man. It's just, because yeah. the thing I used to have a problem with, I've always been close to topic. And, all my friends would tell me that you just gotta get over that hook like you just always yeah. kind because of, one thing I used to do I used to start off really well but then I would lose and I would lose in a way that it would you know trigger me a bit I guess you can say it put me yeah. on tilt because I feel like I feel like in Dragon Ball it's one of those games where you always have a chance of winning if you it's, it may be unlikely that you would win but you always always have a chance to win in any circumstances. That's why I never really, I don't scoop unless, you know, unless I know, unless I actually just know the quality player. But I yeah. you never know. You might mess up, you know, or something like that. You just never know. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's just the mindset, I guess is what it is, man. Just, I had to get over that, you know, I'm going, you, you can't, it's very rare that a player goes undefeated, undefeated throughout the entire tournament. It's very, very fucking rare in this game. Because you just lose to some shit that you just never see coming. It's hard to prepare for every single deck there is in yeah. the meta. So, and um, like I said, you know, if you if you want you you want to go to tournament experience now, you have some more questions. No, let's I, go, let's, we're already on it. Let's keep going on the tournament experience. So, up until that week, I okay. So, let me answer this question. Because I know it's going to be asked because everybody's asking, why did I play what I played? Yes. Look, I got tired up to the point. When I went to Orlando, I thought I could come up with the hot and spiciness. And sometimes old and busted works just as good. It's just it's just, just better. Yeah. I thought that me coming in there and then I just actually looked at that meta and completely looked at it wrong. I thought Kiruna got and then I realized I didn't have a real win thought and then I realized... If your deck can't beat Janimbo or Shinron or either or, then your deck's just not that good. It's not good enough to win an event or do well in an event. Yeah. So, uh, going to uh, to um, Columbus, I kind of just made up my mind that, you know what, I don't want to play Janimbo. I could play Toa, but I just felt like Toa just wasn't, it's, it's too fair. That makes sense. It's a very yeah. fair deck. Yeah. Um, and Geneva just Geneva's not a fair deck, but it's too slow at not being a fair deck. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like it's just one of those slow stabbing with a knife type of thing. So I came to I looked at the Shinron deck, and at first I initially started with Shinron Gogeta, and I kept losing to Geneva oddly enough because of Chomp and the tricks, and because uh, I want to be able to play it and just like go, and I just want to use to me the best card in the game, World Peace. And uh, I looked at a Ratmon version of the deck, and I was like, this seems okay. You know, it's, it's pretty good. But I'm like, hmm. And for some reason, it just clicked in my head. Why don't I just combine both the decks and just make a Shinron Gogeta Rent deck? And hmm. the reason I say it is because I played certain cards to where 
I play cards too. If I get to turn, when I get the five injury, I can actually do the Union Fusion or Union Patak, whatever, for yeah. Gogeta 7. That was just my ultimate thing. And then the following turn, if I get the 7 injury, which I did a couple of times beforehand, then I get the Kaioken. I, I didn't want to rely on doing it all in one turn because that means I have to have all that energy, which means I have to have more dead cards potentially into the game where I can just defend myself and make my opponent waste cards because they think they're going to try to kill me, but don't realize that I actually have more combo power. Yeah. And uh, it actually ended up making the difference more so in the mirror match. Like, my deck that I had was definitely better for the mirror match than both than Shinra Gogeta or Peruga Ramp by itself. And um, anyway, I tested my friend Thomas, and we just played test. He was on red, yellow, eights for a while. Because he used to bust my ass with regulation, and then I switched to this version, the version of the deck I had, and I was just whooping his ass. I'm like, if this deck mm -hmm. is aggro as it is, and I can beat it, then I feel okay. So uh, we made the trip. Uh, we got ready, did the whole you know shenanigans like that. Um, round one, I played against the mirror match, and um, you know I thought you know I was nervous because I hadn't practiced in the mirror match. But I thought I had a better understand. I thought I had a good enough understanding of the deck to what it was. And I'm not going to lie. First thing, I don't want to shame my opponents at all. Like, I don't want to say, but their misplays literally were the reason why a lot of times I won. Mm. So, game one, he didn't charge on his turn two mm. in the mirror match. And you, that pretty much sealed the deal there. Yeah. Game two, and I took a different approach in sideboarding. I was like, I'm not going to sideboard Dende. And I'm not going to ramp up unless, you know, I can do it. And this is where my deck differs from the regular Shinron, Gogeta, or Ramp Run decks. I, so since I could hard cast the, or Union Fusion, the Gogeta uh, 7, all I did is I charged up the 4, and then I played World Peace with Shinron's ability to bring out Whis to give me 5 energy. And then I just go G to seven him, and at mm -hmm. that point that fucked him up so bad because he was playing Dende and bringing back Dende, and I was like, "You can keep doing Dende all you want. I'm still going to beat you just this way because I can actually play him earlier than you could at this point." Yeah. So I got that one two zero. Uh, round two, I played against my definitely the hardest deck I played against all week was Baby Vegeta, which took me by surprise like a lot, like. They open up the nuts. Shinra, uh, Baby Vegeta's just absolutely broken. It's a problem. Right? Yeah, it's he was on my ass from the get-go. Uh, but I ended up drawing with him, and that's the, the luckiest draw in the fucking world. Because I misplayed, but I never... The one thing I know about misplay, if you misplay, as long as you don't make the same misplay again, you'll be up fine. So yeah. we end up drawing. In game three, and this is where things kind of like took a turn to tournament. I played against the dude, uh, the scuffle time player. And, um, which oddly enough, I ended up coming back trying to defend later on. But, but uh, he beat the shit out of me. Like, that was, like, I, I, that was one of the worst Dragon Ball assholes I ever got. <laughs> uh, like, I had to go, literally, I was dead ass serious with it. I went across the street to the bar and got two long outs. Like, I just, like, shit. I called the wife. I was like, I need some love, motivation, care, all the shit about right now because he just whooped my ass so bad. So, oddly enough, when I went to round four, I went against Karuga Ramp. And in my mind, I'm half, I'm a little bit lit. Like, I'm feeling really warm. Like, I'm not cold no fucking more. Yeah. And uh, he, he's playing, he's playing. And um, again, capitalized on his mistake. He didn't realize that he got to the point in uh, game two where he didn't know Kaioken could be not be destroyed by card effects. Mm. And I bluffed him out with a blocker, the two drop soul blocker for about three turns and he would not swing because he thought that blocker was going to kill this Kaioken. And I was sitting there just like, all right. He goes, <laughs> yep, yep, that's right. This blocker's here. He didn't swing and then next thing you know, I world piece brought my Kaioken and killed him on the back crackback. So, that, wow. like I said, I don't know how you, I never understood how you have play a card and don't know what the card does, but whatever. That was only him. Uh, Next round, I played against another mirror match, Shinron Ramp, and he was playing red, and he almost tricked, he triggered me too, because he fucking, 
uh, they did the same thing they all do. They just objective, and then I played the piccolo that takes the energy from them. Mm. And, uh, you know, that, you know, and it got to the point where I had uh, put two adult cost Vegetas on the board, both with triple strike, and I had Gogeta 7 on board with triple attack, triple strike. And somehow he fucking survived that turn. I don't know how he did it. It's, it pissed me off so bad, man. I was ready <laughs> to scoop it up. but And he had the topo on the board, so every time I swung, I had to ditch two cards. So I ended up ditching like eight fucking cards, but and um, of all the things he could have done, he played Crisis Crusher on his turn, and he gave a triple attack, and I was like, all right, man, take a shot. He swung, I Zeno button, took the damage. He swung again, I used UI Goku to bounce the card back up, and that was pretty much the game. And then uh, next time I was Baby Vegeta, I got a good dose of it round one, that second round, so I knew what to do. I knew game one he was going to beat the shit out of me because he won the dice roll. Mm-hmm. But game two just got more defensive and just, uh, you know, I ejection on turn two, which would, which you was the correct plan to play for when you play against aggro because you need the energy more than you need to fucking, like, you just need energy before mm-hmm. you need to defend. And I got that one, and then there was the screen match. Um, that screen match actually annoyed me because hmm. Peter jumped me for that one. You know, he's like, what's your record? I'm like, X11. You're going on screen match. I'm like, what? Damn. They were telling me that the whole fucking day. And I'm like, dude, come on. I don't want to fucking go on the screen. What happened? He's like, do it. All right, tell And then he took that picture. You don't even know. He forced me to take that picture. So, <laughs> you know, because he's a big fucking guy. He took yeah. that picture. And then... uh yeah, I went into that match. I was getting playing against, playing against Green Brawley, and I was actually, you, know, you said, I was really fucking nervous playing against that because Green, there's only like four Green Brawley in the room, but they were all at the top tables at this point. And I was at table six playing against this dude. And um, I don't know what happened. Like, I didn't I didn't play test for Green Brawley. I didn't even think Green Brawley was a thing anymore. But it wasn't until near the end of game one that I realized. Gogeta 5 actually just wins this fucking matchup for me. Mm. And that's just how it ended up being for me. So that was just my line of play. I was never going to go any higher than fucking 5 or 6 inches because I probably wouldn't make it that high. Yeah. So that was, yeah, man, that's, and then like I said, I just, it was just a shock. Like I did not think that, you know, and I doubted myself really badly, but it's just like, it was a great feeling when, you know, I realized that I just finished X11. It was 100 people, and, like, it's, it's, it's the truth. If you put in the work and you put in the playtesting, it doesn't matter what you playtest again. As long as you understand how your deck functions and all the lines of play you can have, and that the Shinron Gogeta or Shinron Ramp or Peruma, their plays are not as easy as I thought they were. It takes a lot more decision-making because... It's one of those decks where you can be rewarded if you play correctly, but you can get punished so fucking hard if you don't. So fucking hard. So, but other than that, man, it was just a... That was a blast. That was definitely a blast. Yeah. It sounds like a good time, especially being lit the second half of it. Oh, man. I was feeling so fucking... Like, when I did a live video, when I got back, I was fucking... Like, I was feeling really good, like, and I hate to say this, every time I go live at an event, generally, I just got to drink. I just <laughs> got to drink. So that, <laughs> that literally means I just, I don't feel bad about anything I say at that point. Because I'm like, dude, I'm fucking, I've been drinking. What are you going to do about it? And, you know, sometimes that is don't let me get on. But, you know, it's whatever. It is what it is. You got on that time. So you... You mentioned that Peter kind of like gave you like a quick little pep talk after you lost. What did he tell you? Uh, he told me just you're fine. He just kept saying you're fine to me. Like, um, dude, since this whole thing started, I've actually gotten uh, to know a lot of these guys, and I got to know Peter uh, like a lot better now. And nicest um, guys, man. He is the nicest. One of the nicest. It's just. I can't even describe it. Like, he's just mad cool. Put it like yeah. that. And, um, 
you know, it was it's easy to get discouraged in that situation because, like I said, I traveled all the way there. I played tested and put all this time in, and then I just lost all some shit that I did not wasn't actually prepared for. Like I never thought in millions I'd see a scuffle time show up against me, and um, you know, it that's one of the best things, and that's probably why he's the people's champion of the mm-hmm. community because he stays he stays positive about the whole in the in any circumstance he always stays positive. And uh, no matter what interaction me and him have, he's always been positive with me. Like, and you know, now that I got to know him more and more, it's just positive, positive, positive. And like, when you're playing the game like this, you want to have positivity around you. Because there's times you get really fucking discouraged, you know, saying really, really fucking discouraged. So, and uh, like you say, he just told me, you'll be fine. Just keep playing. Just went out. It's crazy, you know, he makes it sound really fucking easy. <laughs> but at that point, I had to win like four games, four matches in a row to make it, to get to even be signed. But I guess, if, and then my wife, she told me, uh, what did you tell me? She's right here, she's listening. <laughs> Hello. I, I said you fought tooth and nail to go, so you fight yes. tooth and nail to win. Yes, she said, she told me, I fought, you fought tooth and nail to go, so you need to fight tooth and nail to win. Oh. And I was like, well, that's that's support. Yeah, I was like, God damn, if she ain't right, so I went back in there and it just worked out for me, man. That's it, man. I mean, that's great to have that kind of support, especially your significant other just being there for you to help push you out. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, obviously Peter believed in you so much, he threw your ass on stream. So get old, get your ass. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that dude's awesome, though, man. I can't be sorry. I mean, definitely was a way to end the stream because you know like you said just so many people watch you and like they've seen you come up and like become this face and to see you finally like pull it off and top it's honestly one of the greatest storylines going into Nats and I'm just being honest it's like great to see you come up I don't know, I'm, I'm gonna blow smoke up your ass because I know you're humble you know what I mean because Steve Gogeta 7 still needs to get banned but that's besides the point oh yeah <laughs> right now it's fine, but at some point that fucking card needs to fucking go. Yeah. So, do you think Peter has warmed up to you so well because you were nice enough to give him the N word pass? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Man. <laughs> um. But, but what qualifies someone as needing such a pass? Oh. You still there? I'm sorry. Yeah, oh, that's it. Um, N word passes. You just got to have the qualities of a nigga. That's all it really is, man. You got to like fried chicken, you know. You, you got to like big booty girls, you know. <laughs> man, but my wife's looking at me about that's what niggas like. That's just what it is. You got to have those tendencies, you know. You got to... You got to drink brown liquor when you ain't got no business drinking brown liquor. You got to know how to play spades. Ooh. You know, there's, there's a couple classic. of You know, spades and dominoes. One of those fucking mm. two's got to be a qualification. And you just got to have negativity where you're just like, man, fuck you and everything you represent. Fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> you got you to have some fucking in your system. So, yeah. you know, and there's a lot of people in the community. Like, my, uh, last week I had Isaiah on there. And he's, he's not bullshit. He really does have inward passes. <laughs> like he's literally we're, we're going to literally walk around we're going to point probably two more people and we're going to give out inward passes so you know <laughs> if you're lucky enough now we can't promise you that it will give you safety outside the venue that's you that's Chicago you take that chance you want to ride that train go ahead but as far as inside the venue you'll be good yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm a Puerto Rican from the Bronx, so I feel that 100. percent You know what I mean? Right, right. right. <laughs> See, you think just because of that, you might have an N-word pass. You know, we gotta review the files and everything. Yeah, but that's enough worry. to send you. I'll, I'll send you the Dropbox folder I have. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, on the on the topic of you know, of you know the deck you played and everything, and just the card that has all the hate. Do you feel like it needs to be banned or just Errata, like would an errata suffice for Gogeta Seven? For Gogeta Seven, no, fuck that card. That card needs to be banned. <laughs> fuck that card. Would that card's just fucking bullshit? Like you can't do shit. About, yeah, ooh, you chop with the tricks to me. That don't mean shit. You're not gonna fucking get rid of it next turn. Why? Because he has the flex and bear. He has fucking bear. So I'm like, yeah, you can, I mean, 
Okay, let me take that. Let me, no, I'm thinking about it out loud. Now that we actually have cards that can get rid of barrier cards, and they're kind of low curve, meaning like three or four energy or something like that, I would initially, if you, before UI Goku came out, I would say, and hopefully we get more cards like UI Goku, because that card is actually just fucking insane. But before UI Goku, I would definitely say that card needs to get banned, because it it's just fucking absurd, man. Like, yeah. it's way worse than Cell Chain could ever be. I don't care what no. That is just... There's nothing worse than actually outplaying your opponent, and then all of a sudden, they just play like three or four fucking against that turn, just to keep make sure they have enough life. Because all they need is two fucking life. And you just get blown out because you lost everything in your fucking head. To a triple attack, triple strike, crit, Gogeta. Like, yeah. there's not... It's, there's not much balance, especially when we got cards like Ejection that can make shit happen a lot sooner than what it's supposed to. Like, yeah. it literally defies the point of just... No. I think that card needs to go. That's just my personal. I wouldn't want World Peace to go. I want that mm. to be a rata to at least once per turn. Because being able to resolve two world pieces in the same turn, and those two world pieces including Gogeta 7 and then Kaioken or vice versa, like, there's not much you can really fucking do about that. Like, yeah. it's just not... And then you got cards just to ramp it all the way up, but, like, you get it once per turn, that makes it a little bit harder for them to just blow you the fuck out. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because then they're just not playing cards all willy-nilly. They're not just, like, they can't just keep stalling. They got to build their board, board up. And you're still getting what you want, which is the go tall. Yeah. I mean, it's just limited to once per turn. Because you don't want to, if they get rid of World Peace, they literally kill all wish decks at that point. Yeah. Like, there's, there's nothing left to do. They kill yeah. Shimron. So it's better that they keep at least that card in the game. But Gogeta7, fuck that card. And at this point, after this weekend, I think Kaioken probably should go to the answer with you. Yeah, especially when you're a secret bird. Yeah. <laughs> that car is just fucking insane. Yeah. Wow. The Oob one, right? The Goku no, one? No, the Kaiken one, the one, oh. that you, the one that you get to pay a life and look at your opponent and make them the star. Oh, I, thought, I thought you said the secret, too. Sorry. No, I'm saying they no. should have made the Kaioken a secret oh, bird. Yeah, yeah. Like, that sure. car has no business being there to play multiple copies of that fucking car. No. Yeah. And just the fact that this power is. It's not once per turn. I'm like, what the hell were you thinking when you made this card? Like, yeah. not cool. Yeah, I remember uh, watching Orlando, and I kind of almost threw up a little bit in my mouth when the Barunga player played Gogeta, then Kaioken, and then Victory Strike all in the same Yeah, screen. and I, you know what? That was Brandon. I give him shit every time I see him about that play because he introduced that cancer into the fucking community because <laughs> I don't think nobody's really thinking about Barunga at that point in time. Hell, I didn't even know what Perunga's ultimate was. And then you saw that shit, and then you see Victor, you see Kaioken, Gogeta, and Victor Strike no more. I'm like, what the fuck is this? This this, this isn't cool. This isn't fun. This is the pressing shit to look at. So, yeah. Brandon, know I give shit every time I see him. Yeah, that was super depressing. Uh, but speaking of broken cards, obviously we know in set nine, we're getting some leaders coming back. Mm -hmm. One of them being one that we mentioned, SS3. Yeah. What yeah. the hell could they do to make SS3 balanced? I, I've been. I think uh, I talked to Marcel about this. I honestly, I have no fucking idea, man. I really don't like. I guess they can. There's a. I mean, there's a couple things they can do, like make it a once per game type of thing where you go attack three. But then at that point. Because once it's once per game, that means kind of like the next turn, you kind of like uh, on a clock. But with the banning of Bad Ring Laser, that makes Zeno button a lot fucking better. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Or you can make them pay a life for every energy they want to untap at the end of the turn. Or you can only untap blue energy because that's where that's when things really got dumb with that deck when they could just start untapping. I'm gonna tap two blue energy and a yellow, or I can tap two a red, two red and a blue. That's where it really got dumb, because yeah. that's when we started seeing all these fucking nimbuses coming out of where bad rings and all sorts. 
that's where it really got dumb. So as long as they they just, I'm I'm not yeah. even sure. I'm not even ready for it. To be honest with you, because mm-hmm. like even to your point, saying restanding blue energy, just imagining that in my mind. All right, restanding blue energy, restanding three beers. Guess what happens? <laughs> now now they have access to frost deadly poison. Yeah, now I'm just eating that. Like, just like I, the thing about like the only thing they could do is just literally make it a once per game. That's the only possible thing I could think of that they can fix that card because like that card literally ruined I wouldn't say ruined but it just made a very unfun format for everybody it did I remember I went with my friend to a regionals up in Oregon and he played the mirror match it literally went to time because all they were doing was uh, Vegito SS3 Vegito SS3 just bouncing back and forth until time ran out that's all they did that, that's just so fucking about. That's just the fact you're thinking about it, man. Yeah, it's very bad. Well, uh, you know, as we wrap up here, because, you know, I thank you for your time. You know, I know it's late no, for no you. No problem, man. I uh, just want to ask you, so what deck and what person do you think is going to take Nats this year? What person or what deck? Both. Both. So I guess we can start with what deck first, and then we can go, like, who do you um, think? See, there's a god. There's so many. So, there's so many contenders right now. It's honestly insane. Uh, I would say if okay, if you want to top nationals, if you want to top, then I would say you play Shinron or Janemba. Mm-hmm. Those are the two most consistent decks we have in the format, but they. You know, I think they have their limitations. They have their weaknesses and flaws that can be really, really exposed. But they you don't have the both same weaknesses, and that's aggro. Aggro just shits on them. But to get you through Swiss rounds, those decks with death, they'll get you to the top, but they won't get you to win. If I had to pick a deck that I think would win, it's going to be some brawly. It's going to be yellow brawly, for mm-hmm. sure. I think no matter what happens, that leader will probably be the most represented leader in the room. Yeah, Because yeah. that leader's just generically broken. It's just yeah. generically good. And we're going to fuck around and get that card, that leader banned too. Because it's just... It's a... I would say it's a fair... Well, hell no. Sometimes I wouldn't say it's even a fair leader at points. <laughs> Sometimes it'd be kind of oppressive because you just get to swing it. But, um... And another deck I would choose would be Pan. I mm. love Pan. I yeah. pain is probably it's the it's a fair deck, but it can it can play mid range, but it can also be really aggro at the same time. So I'm a big person. That's like my if I had to pick, I'm between two decks and pain is definitely one of them. Which should, the version I just played uh, be another one. As far as people who are personal, I think is going to win. The person I want to win is Ryan Seven, actually, and mm-hmm. I know it's going to be shocking. Because uh-huh. I felt so bad when Ryan, I, you know, I pick him every, I say some shit to him every once in a while. He got 33rd place last year, and uh, uh, I just want him to, I want, I, I, he's actually probably one of my favorite players, to be honest yeah. with you. He's, he's, he's legit very good. And I know we got Anthony Hernandez, and, you know, Andy Telly in a heartbeat, he's going to win, and we got Jordan. Um, but I think, literally, I made a post, I literally think it's going to be that one person in the back, listening to fucking Miley Cyrus Wrecking Ball, just chilling, <laughs> and then comes out of fucking left field with some random jank and just fucking pushes people's shit in, so, it's going to be wild, man, I, I, but since my Nipsey collection is coming out the day before, I have no fucking idea what will win, and this is probably one of the hardest events I thought I can think to prepare for because you don't know what that collection will do to different decks. So, it's going to be, it's going to be weird. It's going to be hell, man. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to, it's definitely going to be the Wild West out there for sure. I mean, yeah. to, to literally, I mean, I, I get it because it's what they've always done, but to make it legal the weekend, of, to not only release it the weekend of the next, but make it legal that same day is yeah. insane. It's going to be wild, man. Like I said, I just, it makes preparing for this event so much fucking harder. And uh, the best thing I can say, just the best thing it's told me is, play what you're comfortable with. 
Don't try to get cute and fancy. Don't wait till the night before to say, hey, I got this spicy necklace, or your friend got this spicy necklace, and they want to show it to you. Because you're not going to have enough time to actually learn the matchup to know what you're supposed to do. So, like I said, I got my two decks narrowed down, but uh, so I think it's going to be a rough Nationals. I really yeah. do. Definitely. Well, Frank, uh, thank you so much for your time. Is there anything that you want to plug before you wrap up? No, man. Like I said, I want to thank everyone for the support. Like I said, I never thought it would uh, get to this with the mailman rants, but in all honesty, I fucking love doing the mailman rants, dude. It just it's something I look forward to every week because it just lets me cut loose for about thirty minutes or so. Um, thanks everybody for supporting uh, at the LCQ. Because the whole day, that's what I've been just been hearing enough to where's Frank doing, how's Frank doing, and uh, <laughs> when's he going to get on screen or some shit like that. So, uh, uh, but no, nah, that's it. I think my teammates, like shout out to my friend Thomas, he's my Dragon Ball brother. Uh, like literally every event, that's me and him usually go to. So, but uh, uh, but no, nah, that's it, man. Like I just like I said, thank you for uh, having me on here, man. I just like. I had a fucking good time. I'm glad, man. I'm glad you had fun. Like I said, I know it's super late for you. Like I said, it was going to be super chill and laid back. People got to know the mailman. But the man behind right. the mailman. The fucking man. The man. The man. But man yeah, stay tuned. Mailman rants are always a good time. But thank you so much, Frank. This is Shy Guy. Don't forget, we are Team Nimbus. We'll catch you guys next time. All right.